Welcome everyone to the Almost Cancelled TV News Podcast. I am Peter and joining me as always in a terrific mood because he's nice and comfortable and chilly is Connor. Kill me now. It's so warm. It's midnight and it's over 30 degrees in Connor land. Mm-hmm. And humid. I'm at 2% humidity. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm living life right now. I, I have had to put clothes on just for this. I'm uncomfortable. I can tell you that everyone watching this video is thankful of that fact, Connor. I, I'm, I'm not sure that's true. It's the TV News Podcast. We get together, we talk about pilots, show orders, renewals, cancellations, premiere dates, all that sort of good stuff. That, that tends to fall into most of those categories. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, and we'll get into it. Uh, I, I didn't watch anything random this week. I've been watching movies this week rather than TV, so I don't have any TV anecdotes to, to drop out at the start. I've been watching Sandman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that started. Yeah, yeah I've, I watched the first, I think, four episodes <clears throat> so far. Could have been just like, you know, watching one a night. Um, it's pretty good. You know, it's... I have heard faithful in all the right places, but it, it mm. obviously has some changes, but not not anything that's bad. Yeah, I've heard mostly fans seem to be quite happy with it. It's mostly very positive buzz. The only critique that I've seen levied at it is uh, there's maybe a bit too much reliance on like uh, like you know green screens rather than sets for a lot of locations. That's probably fair, especially. But I I think a lot of that is stuff that's in like the dreaming, right? Where it's unrealistic said so it, it would be a lot yeah. of work to build it's not impossible but obviously expensive yeah I, I guess the argument is like do you tone it down so it's something you can build at a reasonable price mm. so it's all works on tv because I, I think at some level i would prefer it to look tactile instead of all green screened than but i mean like, i haven't watched it. i've just heard this but no no that's definitely a fair critique it's more just oh that's the choice they made right yeah uh but uh, I've seen enough other things with uh, unnecessary green screen to weigh in. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Well, I'll say that the, the effects aren't bad, though. Like, you know, it, obviously it's not real sets, and you can kind of mostly usually tell that um, in, in any production, not specifically this, just across the board. Sure. You, you can usually feel that. But it's no worse than any other case that, that does it. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's worth mentioning the penultimate episode of Better Call Saul review had just went out uh, about the time of recording. We're recording this Thursday night, by the way, so if any huge news drops on Friday, that'll be in next week's show, <laughs> just uh, FYI. Uh, but uh, yeah, penultimate episode, and penultimate review, I suppose, as well, as this is also a correct statement of Better yeah. Call Saul is out, so uh, you can check that out uh, and go and, go and have a yeah. look-see. It's been, we've had to start planning what we're going to do next. We do. We have an idea of sort of replacing that Better Call slot with something else. Not like a, a currently airing show. Well, technically currently airing, but not the current season this airing. Um, yeah. uh, we're going to try a show out. You know, we'll see it. We'll do an episode. And uh, if we feel up to committing to, say, you know, the, the first season, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe do the first season and we'll see how we feel at the end if we want to continue past that. But, uh, uh, we won't say what it is quite yet, but we have made some choices, uh, and you'll find out more about that soon. Uh, hopefully that'll be going up early on Patreon. Uh, probably in 
not next, too long. Ne next week after Solo? Yeah, next yeah. weekend, yeah, probably. Uh, so assuming all to goes to plan, next weekend uh, it'll be up early on Patreon and the following week for for the publics. Yeah, should, should be, again, more or less around the same time as next week's news episode, give or take. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, always worth mentioning if you do want to support all the content, including these news episodes and keep them coming forever, uh, go to patreon.com slash TV and you can get some bonuses and whatnot. Uh, or hit the super thanks button down below. I, I did some shilling at the start for a change. Because I, I don't want to let them turn it off when they realise I'm about to do the outro at the end, so... I mean, they, I, I get it. One, I tune out of listening to you when you do it. <laughs> and two, it, despite, you know, this uh, being in this scenario and being on this side of it, I still do it on other people's videos. Even people I, you know, people who I like. Mm. And obviously, there's, there's, there's some I support and, you know, put my money to. But there's a lot that I don't beyond just, you know, having YouTube premium. Is that what they call it now? Premium? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beyond, beyond just having that on. But I, I stop listening or just, you know, click off when it gets to that last, you know, 30 seconds, minute. Yeah. Which... I get it. I'm not saying you have to feel guilty if you don't. But if you are a patron, you can not listen to the last couple of minutes guilt-free. But sometimes you may get a zinger from us right at the very end. That, you miss that 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 spicy banter that people are here for. <laughs> so sometimes it's a really funny, not every time obviously, but sometimes there'll be a funny last second joke that I, I'm always sad that probably half the audience didn't get to hear because they've turned it off. When the pressure's on started. now this week. Aye, they're your... all gonna stay. They're all gonna stay waiting for this last second joke. So one of us better deliver. Yes, you better deliver, Connor. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, uh, I'll get thinking now. <laughs> All right, let's get into it then. Uh, we do have a lot of renewals and cancellations. In fact, we only have one renewal, I think. Uh, so it's a bit late on those this week. But hey, uh, only so many shows. Can't can't renew and cancel yeah, things. It's, every uh, week. it's it's not the season, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Physical, which is a, a dark comedy on Apple TV Plus, has been renewed for a third season. Okay. I've never heard of it, but sure. Uh, Stars was burn. Revolves around Sheila, a woman in the early 1980s who is struggling with uh, bulimia, but begins to ascend from housewife to aerobics video star in the face of her husband's run for local political office in San Diego. Sounds wild. I, I That sounded really sarcastic, but that could be actually just wild as a comedy. It, it could be. I think what's impressive is that Rose Burns are relatively, you know, she's a name. I kind of know who she is, and it's just kind of weird that I didn't even know this existed. Like, even yeah. when I'm on Apple TV and I'm just going to watch Severance, like, why, why have I not seen, like, a little box that's telling me to go watch it? Presumably the algorithm doesn't think you care about this one. But it's, he's pushing C at me, and C's terrible. Uh, yeah, but... Is it, though? As, you, did, you watched the pilot yeah, as well. Yeah, no, I did. I, I, it was terrible. I just, you know, just play devil's advocate to Apple's algorithm. Yeah, yeah. For some reason. Uh, we got a premiere date for the Star's Dangerous Liaisons uh, adaptation, mm. <laughs> which is coming. Um, so yeah, uh, it will premiere on the 6th of November. So remember, remember the 5th of November, then add one. And uh, it's eight episodes, so. Okay. There you go. Uh, there's also a teaser out. I didn't make us watch it because I, I, I didn't think we'd care or have anything to say about it. Uh, but, uh, Not unless it was really wild as a teaser. Yeah, really, really different to what we, we might think in our heads. Uh, Dangerous yeah. liaisons, maybe. Uh, but you know, I, I see those dresses and the big wigs, and I'm like, yep, I, I don't think it's for me. Shocking. <laughs> I don't think it's for me. Uh, yeah, the new show we're doing is not Downton Abbey. I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just dispel those rumors right now. I feel, I feel like they're already bubbling. Yeah, yeah, but 
shockingly not as far away from it as, as other people might guess. Is it Downton Abbey spin-off that I agreed to do? I don't think it did. <laughs> I think the spin-offs are all movies. Oh. Well, good for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so I have some other things here then. Um, first up, some Disney Plus news. Uh, some price changes and also a new tier. Although it's worth mentioning this new ad-supported tier is the price that the current regular tier is. And to keep without ads, you're going to have to go up to the new Disney Plus Premium, which is going to be ten ninety nine in US dollars a month. Uh, and with this, I'm not going to list them all out because there's a lot of different permutations of this, but it also means that the Disney bundle, which is Disney, Hulu, and ES- ESPN, is going up a little bit in price, and Hulu's going up a little sense. bit in price. They're, they're all going up a little bit in price. Uh, but as, I mean, $3 is a pretty steep increase in one go. It is. Honestly, for me, because I have Disney+, Plus. I don't know if you do or not. Um, on, on and off again. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I t- there tends to be enough on there that between me and Paige that, you know, it's worth just having. Depending on how egregious the ads are, I might just, you know, if it's just like, ah, oh, one ad before you start watching a movie, mm. I'll probably just stick with the ad tier, because, I mean, even, even Amazon Prime occasionally does that. It'll play, like, a short, like, 30-second ad for one of their other shows. Yeah, you can usually skip it, though. Like, they usually give you the option to skip it. You usually it. can, but not always, interestingly. Um... Yeah, it's just... I'm of two minds about it. On the one hand, the idea of having a cheap version with ads is interesting and potentially good for a lot of people who maybe do want access to the content but can't afford to have the the full price. I feel like it should be cheaper than this. It should be cheaper than this, and the fact that it's the same price that it currently is with the, without the ads, and this is just like, oh, now it's extra to get no ads, feels a bit more insulting. I feel like if they'd just dropped it by a dollar and gone to 9.99 say 10.99 for the premium it probably would have felt a lot less insulting mm. like it's it's still a price increase for most people who are going to want to stay on you know the, the plan they're on now but yeah yeah it's a bit insulting to just be like ah well you just got to you know, have ads now and because i pay more like, to play a little devil's advocate, I do think Disney Plus's, like, streaming quality in 4K is quite good. Um, yeah. And if, I, if I'm right, 4K might be limited to the premium service now. Oh, really? I, I could be wrong. That's I could be wrong. That's, that's what Netflix does. Yeah. If that is the case, then yeah, I'm basically forced to pay for the premium, which kind of sucks because I would be willing to just go with the ads. I saw someone say something that implied that. I'm scanning this article. I'm not seeing any evidence right now. I, so... I wonder if that was someone speculating. Yeah, like, maybe. Like, Net- like Netflix do that. But... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the quality they have at 4K is very good. It is the closest out of any streaming service to Apple's own quality, uh, specifically Apple on an Apple TV. Because they, they, they do have different bit rates if you don't have an Apple TV, because they're a bit scummy that way. But uh, Disney Plus is the closest. It absolutely is. It is better quality than Netflix. It's better quality than Amazon. It's better quality than all these things. And it was cheaper than all these things. Um, I think the, the flip side of it, though, is while Disney is this huge brand, and obviously the things they have do have very widespread appeal, fundamentally for most people it's the star wars or marvel it's assuming you don't have kids i suppose and there's all a lot of kids stuff but uh it's star wars or marvel content really is what you're there for maybe both 
but probably yeah. I think it's worth knowing as well that it's it's a very different case internationally versus in the US with Disney Plus. Yeah, because you get all the Hulu stuff included, pretty much. Yeah, like for example, Prey outside the US is a Disney Plus release. Yeah, a lot um, of FX shows are starting to go straight to Disney Plus internationally. Which, yeah. which makes it. It's definitely better. Like I think Disney Plus International is better than the US version, just because. I mean, obviously Hulu has a lot of extra movies and stuff that Disney Plus doesn't have elsewhere, but all of that extra original content and FX make good stuff. You know, yeah, not, not everything they make, but they, they they do tend to strive to make good stuff. So, yeah, of uh, course. And Hulu I, I do, as well. So I think we do pay extra compared to the US for that privilege because I think it's like seven pound ninety nine here, as well as seven dollars ninety nine. Ah, uh, you say that, but a lot of things don't even bother changing the... They, they don't anymore. anymore, but it's definitely still cheaper than having Disney Plus and Hulu. As someone who mostly gets paid in dollars, trust me, I've noticed the exchange no, rate. No, I know. <laughs> the exchange rate's not what it used to be. It, it is not. Uh, so so I, I do expect that the, the international price will probably just be the same figures, just with the different... I, I would expect so. Yeah, um, currency slapped in the front. Said, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is coming in December, right? Uh, I don't have, uh, it was November, December, yeah. Something like that. I feel like I feel like I read like December 8th or something earlier on. When yeah, I, December when 8th. I happened to see this yeah, article. The, yeah. yeah, it's 8th of December. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's... I, I think we always expected gradual increases, uh, but I, I think I expected a dollar and then another year's time, another dollar. I, I didn't expect... What, what, what Netflix did. Yeah. I wasn't expecting three in one go. And it's like, okay, you've had this grace period of a couple of years or whatever it's been uh, since it started of this, this fairly reasonable price. I think it will be two years in November. Yeah. So, so it'll be two full years, at least for the US. Uh, two or three. When, when, it must be two, right? Two. Uh, I guess two. Yeah. So, so I, I don't think it's unreasonable the price is going up, but I do think it does feel like a little bit steep. And I think for, for me... It's good. It's a good thing that it has those FX and Hulu original things going straight to it. You know, when there's the Alien show, when there's you know things like that. I mean, that's a well away yet, but like, it'll be on there. for, yeah. for us. I, I just tell you, it will be three years in November. Oh, oh three years. Okay, fair enough. Time yeah. flies. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I do think it's not completely unjustified. I do think that the the actual increase feels quite steep, and maybe it's just you know inflation. Is not great right now, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's a lot of things right now that are going up in price. And I, I did see an article the other day that you know, in the UK with, with how many households are cutting. There are reference specifically Netflix and Amazon, mm. uh, like Amazon Prime, kind of cutting those subscriptions out with the you know cost of living going up for everything, and it was pretty significant number. So I, I have to imagine, okay, if this sees a yeah, that, that's that's that could be what, like almost a twenty percent increase, something like that, in 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 its price this year. Yeah, so around that, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, that's not nothing. Uh, if people are already on the edge of, oh, should I keep it? Should I, I not? I think this just promotes the idea of two things: password sharing, but also rotation. Like this promotes furthermore the idea that you'll just have one service a month and you'll just rotate through them depending on which one's built up a little bit of content you want to watch. Or if there's something you're really excited about that you want to be there day one for, you'll just rotate through whatever ones and that's just how you know, you'll keep going. Yeah, I, I, I think 
Disney are banking on mostly the Marvel shows because they they're pretty much continuous at this point. Yeah, yeah. Like they pretty much run one into the next. They're they're banking on people wanting those every week. Like you know, they they want their Marvel fix every week of the year, and I think there's a lot of people out there who will pay, you know, ten ninety nine to have that every week of the year. Yeah, I do think though anyone who isn't that passionate about Star Wars or Marvel, uh, and believe believe it or not, I do think there's a lot of people who feel that way. There are dozens of you. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I think Disney Plus isn't as exciting a proposition, uh, and and even people who like those things like. Not everyone's loved the, what the shows have been for both those brands, you know, even if you liked maybe one or two of them, you've not liked all of them. Uh, there's definitely been very mixed receptions to, to a lot of them, and some of it's just as broad as, you know, I, when I started Miss Marvel, one of the first things I said about the first two episodes was that it's the first Disney Plus show I've watched that actually feels like a TV show, and I mean that in all the best ways possible. Uh, and that's a complaint I've levied at every other one, is that they just feel like overlong padded movies split up into chunks. Uh mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it's it'll cur- be really interesting to see some subscriber numbers this time next year. Because like the, the, the rate of up or down. Yeah, I do wonder, like you know, if if these companies, these streaming services, are seeing like big declines over the next year because they're all getting more expensive, the cost of living is getting more expensive everywhere. Like, what do they do when they realize shit? Like, like people just simply can't afford to have our services anymore. I I don't know if we actually. Oh, I don't want to say we. I don't know if I mentioned it because you obviously have no. This has no relevance to you personally because uh-huh. you would never use the service. Crunchyroll, Crunchyroll. <laughs> That's the guess. Crunchyroll dropped its price this month. Oh, it went down from I think seven ninety nine to four ninety nine a month, and mostly worldwide. Uh, you know, in respective you know prices yeah, adjusted, yeah. but more or less worldwide. It dropped its prices by a reasonable amount. I think part of that is like they acquired Funimation not that long ago and kind of merged all their content in and shut that brand. So they're kind of the one-stop choice for a lot of people now. There's not that competing brand. But part of it, I guess, is you know they 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 face a lot of piracy in in anime, right? You know, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of sites dedicated just to. Here, watch anime online. I, I, More so than other TV. I learned of one of them because the new Resident Evil TV show had a scene where someone said, oh, so-and-so's got this hot new anime, and the other character said, oh, you can just get it on and just, <laughs> like, spout Was it a real site? It was a real site. I, I didn't know it was real. I thought they made it up. <laughs> but then I saw other people talk about it and said, oh, I hope that place doesn't get shut down there because they've, like, drawn attention to it. And I'm oh, like, that's oh, so it's weird. real. That's so weird. I, I like because it's a known thing that like I think anime does face that more than other TV. Re- it has dedicated sites for it. Yes, my Resident Evil, not my Resident Evil show, but the Resident Evil show that I'm supposed to care about as a Resident Evil fan has got a scene where characters are talking about getting pirated anime. Yeah, so I I do think that's what they're mainly combating with the lower price. They're trying to you know mm. take people away from piracy towards you know paying you know less for you know but getting something out of them is better than nothing, right? But I think combined with, okay, everything else going up in price, it makes it seem like an even more attractive proposition. If you were thinking of maybe cutting it for cost reasons because of everything else going up, here's an argument to stay, right? And Yeah. I, I think it's it's interesting. I wonder if we'll see any other companies <clears throat> take that approach over the next year or so. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, 
Uh, you know, I, like, I, I'll complain about Shudder a lot because it's still 720p and that's just laughable. And It's 720p. Yeah, in this day and age. But I'll give it to them, they have stayed at a dirt cheap price, and because... And while they're niche in the sense that it's a horror service, I do think horror is big enough that you could get away with a little bit more than what they charge, which is basically like 5 or $6. I'd say it's like $4.99 or something yeah. stupid. Uh, so, honestly, like, at this point, 7 or 8 would feel cheap, right? But given that everything else, now Disney included, have went above that pretty much. Like, I would say to them, you know what? Get get better bit rates, go to 1080 at least, and... Even if they do the Netflix thing of, look, we'll keep this model oh, sure, know, this, yeah, this yeah. here as it is, but if, if you want the higher thing, we're going to have to charge you more for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I just I know people think, oh, you're comparing the nicheness of Shudder to the my sort of perception of Disney, but to me, Disney... It's not niche in the sense that obviously there's a huge audience for it, but it's niche to me in the sense that it's really very specific things that are on it for very specific groups. Even yes, though, especially within the US. Yeah. So I, I do think there is a bit of a comparison there. This is kind of like a, a couple of years ago, Stargate tried to launch a Stargate-only streaming service with a, an original show. And I'm like, how, how do you expect enough people to, to fund that? Like, really, realistically, yeah. it's just one show. It's just too, too specific. Uh... So, and it'll probably still work out for them because they're Disney and because they are mammoth in size and because enough people just do care about those things. But uh, it does make it a harder choice for people. It does. Uh, so because now you can go well, I could get two Crunchyroll subscriptions for the price of that. <laughs> That's not a way. What what you need <laughs> is Crunchyroll and then something else that's cheap. And you can say, oh, I can get these two. Crunchyroll and Shudder. Yeah, yeah, you go get Crunchyroll and Shudder for the price of Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, I don't want twenty roll, admittedly. <laughs> but the point is, you could. Yeah, Apple's still relatively cheap as though, right? Like I think that's still. Uh, I I I've had it for free for like eighteen months, so I have no concept of what the price is on that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna quickly find out because I feel like you've just thrown that out there, and I have no idea if that's actually. I, I assume true. googling Apple TV Plus price will just give you the answer. Shockingly, not. Oh my god! They, they're giving me oh, this is how much it costs a year, and this is the Apple One option. Well, I don't want an Apple One option. Just tell me, right? Okay, it's uh in in pounds, it's four ninety nine. Yeah. Okay. So Apple TVs, very cheap. cheap in comparison yeah. to. Yeah, there you go. You could have Apple TV Plus and Crunchyroll, or Apple and Shudder, for the price of that... of Disney Plus. No, and Apple's the best video quality, I'd say, of all the streaming services. What's funny about it is that. I do think they have to have a cheap price for a bit because they started with the library. They, you know, they just started with their originals and nothing else, uh, which is why they're handing out years free like candy uh, for the first couple of years. Yeah, uh, but you know that is significantly cheaper. I, I do expect it to rise at some point. I mean, I guess Apple just makes so goddamn much money like selling iPhones to people that they can just <laughs> like subsidize it. But yeah, they got iPhones. They've got their their game <sighs> subscription service, right? That they've got. Um... Uh, uh. They have obviously the cuts that they take on all the music, films, everything they sell individually as a, you know on top of streaming. And I buy a lot in the iTunes store, so yeah, I buy too much. Yeah, well, if you put some movies on sale, uh, you know, I, I, I can't resist. This is... I, I've literally bought more than I've watched on there, but I, I'm not going to stop buying them. I'm doing okay watching the stuff I buy. To be honest, uh, I'm making a decent 
all of it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, there's the plus increase in price in December. That's that's the story. <laughs> we waffled on a bit, but uh, so next up, Pennyworth. Oh yes. So there's actually a premiere date for season three in here, but I didn't put it with the the, the premiere dates because that's not really what I talk about. <laughs> you want to talk about the title? Yes, they've decided to retitle it for its new season on HBO Max. It's now called Pennyworth: The Origin of Batman's Butler. Which, first off, can I just say, in my head, I was a hundred percent convinced this show had been cancelled after season two. Like, I thought it was dead. <laughs> I, I, when I saw this news. I wasn't just surprised about the title change. I was surprised it existed because I was certain it was dead. I don't know why, but just a little, so little faith in it, I guess. Yeah, I saw some photos this week, actually. I don't know if it's from the previous season or if it's just photos from the upcoming season. Is it the thing that's not Mr. Freeze? Yeah, yeah. It's like they're in like the trenches of the war and it's like that this dude with like tubing and like this kind of... He's not got like a, he's not got the, uh, the fishbowl head or anything, but he's got like like a... Like an, like an exosuit kind of thing. Well, no, yeah. he's, he's not really got anything covering his face, though. No, but it's like a, it's like a boxy suit, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's clunky. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this looks stupid. <laughs> What's going on? Why is this happening? I, I, I saw it at a glance, and I was like, oh, okay, they're doing some sort of take on uh, of Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. That, that's kind of what it looked like. Before Batman's even born. <laughs> Oh, but God. I was like, I, I was like, because he's, he's got his face painted blue. I assume it's just. I. No, he's, it's Scottish, presumably the character. I hate these prequels. I know you do. I hate I hate all this prequel shite. Like, Smallville is. <laughs> like, infected the TV world with this shit, and I hate it. Uh, Smallville looks like gold right now, doesn't it? Hmm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Slightly. Oh, come on. Nah, it still looks like a shit. It just looks... It's just not as runny. Uh, yeah, so there's not actually an exact date. They just say it's coming in October. So uh, mark your, your calendars for the whole month of October for, for Pennyworth, The Rise of Batman's Butler. Because people were Mate. worried... That people, No one would know that this is uh, related to Batman. <laughs> yeah, give it a couple of weeks. Maybe the reason they didn't give you an exact date is because they're actually going to cancel it and not air it after all. Get a tax write-off. Hmm. Hmm. That may not apply to everything. <laughs> it, it might not, but they'll find a way. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, Warner's are considering their options right now to what to do with the Flash, which yes. is a, a, a very hot mess, of course, for uh, numerous and reasons. This is also not news, but there is you know talk going around that I've seen you know on there that uh, apparently Harley Quinn's safe, but Doom Patrol and Titans are getting cancelled. Again, no official world not yet, so you know, mm. grain of salt. But obviously not too upset about Titans. But yeah, well, actually, the whole situation's kind of shitty. Speaking on that, there's actually a bit of news here. Uh, so DC's Strange Adventures series is not moving forward at HBO. I'd forgotten this was even announced, to be honest. Yeah. It was so This was long ago. the anthology one, and yeah. we learned about its cancellation from Kevin Smith because the man cannot keep his mouth shut. Yep, yep, Kevin Smith revealed it. Uh on his Hollywood Babylon podcast, uh, it'll not be moving forward. Now, given that this one wasn't even picked up yet, it was just in development, this is not that weird. This is just a normal thing that happens. But given that how much other things HBO Max is just like axing left and right, you can't help but just kind of lump it in with all that. It's just 
part part of the larger trend as opposed to anything specifically against this show. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I wasn't particularly excited or unexcited for it. It was just, yeah. I didn't it give it a chance. But... Yeah, it existed, allegedly. And mm. now it doesn't. Much, much like every other DC project. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, next up, uh, the bit of interesting casting news. And I know this won't mean too much to you, but I've been watching Yellow Jackets. So it is kind of a, a big deal. Uh, they've cast <coughs> uh, Lauren Ambrose from Six Feet Under, the ginger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she is going to be playing the adult version of one of the characters. Uh, I won't I, I say who, just, just for spoilers' sake. Uh, because I think one of the interesting things about season one is that other than a few of the characters that you do get right away in the future, the ones you don't get to see older versions of, you're kind of like, well, do they not make it? Do they not come back from the... Because it's set over two timelines, you know, it's about a plane crash that this team of uh, uh, football girls, <laughs> the crash land, they're going, to, they're going to nationals and they, they crash somewhere in the wilderness. Okay. And then we also follow like a few of them as middle-aged adults later in life and kind of the secrets and whatever happened there's messed them all up and so and so on. Uh, so, but this is one of the characters who like maybe wasn't around because maybe she was going to die. Uh, and there's a few of them like that where, oh, we, we don't really know if they exist in the modern world yet. They're kind of like keeping it secret. Of, you know, it's intentionally mysterious. Uh, so, I mean, I don't feel spoiled seeing this. Um... Admitted, Some people might. Admittedly, if you have seen this show, you'll probably be able to figure out just based on like what she looks like and th- that you know that kind of thing. Yeah, but uh, you know, like it's I more just for people who have not watched season one yet, and you know, I, I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it is interesting uh, to to add this in, and it makes me curious why this character wasn't featured in season one. Is it just because? what she's involved in is, is you know stuff that they weren't willing to get to answer until season two is it about uh i don't know but they had they not decided yet maybe was was this the sort of thing where they were leaving it open themselves just to like they had the option of doing it or not it could be i'll turn like again having not seen a single second of yellow jackets yes to bring this opinion it could be just from a, a writing perspective they have okay we have this amount of episodes we have this much time we know we've got to hit all these plot beats we can't fit in every character right now, uh, you know, because they don't tie in directly right to this thing. So let's not introduce it just yet. Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. Uh, so no, I just if, if if I think for anyone who's watched the show, it feels like fairly big news because it's like, oh shit, like she exists in the present day part of the show. Uh, so and it's like it's a name as well, you know, Lauren Ambrose was you know on Six Feet Under, which is a big show, and she's just been in Servant, the Shyamalan show on Apple. She was the All right. the mother on that, uh, which is still going. I think. Like, I think that's that's not stopped. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's been surprisingly successful. Uh, I think. So, yeah. Uh, but there you go. Uh, so that's uh, Lauren Ambrose joining Yellow Jackets uh, as a regular in season two. So. Cool. All right. Well, that takes us on to the uh, to the new shows. Uh, so we got a couple of comedies to look at. Uh, Stars is developing a new comedy. Uh, it's called Plan A, and it comes from writer executive producer Stephen J. Kung, who has worked on Dear White People and A Leading Man. Um, and it'll tell the story of Los Angeles-based Asian Americans who strive for the benchmark of the American dream, an impressive job and a satisfying love life. 
that, 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 that counts. <laughs> All while navigating the cultural expectations of their parents, society, and ultimately themselves. I, I don't know if that counts or not. That's so, like, Impressive job in- and satisfying love. Come on, that's personal and professional if you ever saw it. All right, all right. And even if the, and even if you just need it to be tipped into, you know, if this is a golf, they just had to tip it in, just had to tap it in. That last part about parent society and themselves, just to make the personal part. And all right, I, I will satisfy your need to make me drink. The audience loves it. That's that's no bad. I don't, I don't mind it to be honest. Alright, there you go. So, uh, I mean, sounds, sounds, I mean, sounds fine. I, mean, I don't really necessarily get the the comedy of it yet from that description. So I, I just assume, you know, that the characters will be funny. It'll be witty. I, I you know, I don't know. Shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, cool. it, it sounds like, you know, it mentioned dear white people. Um, uh, something that they've worked uh, yeah, on. Yeah, that, that could maybe be like, maybe this is going to be like a, an Asian equivalent to that. As perhaps... I, I can see, you know, like you, you could write a description for that and it not sound like an outright comedy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Plan A, uh, Stars is developing that, so that's cool. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, next up, uh, so HBO uh, has got uh, Armando Iannucci. Oh, I'm in. And Sam Mendes. I'm, I'm even more in. Right, they're, they're tearing up. Uh, so... Yeah, the Veepin Avenue 5 creator and the Oscar-winning director. Uh, I've got a pilot order for a comedy called The Franchise on HBO. Uh, the half-hour project takes a wry look at superhero movie-making. It follows a hopeful crew trapped inside the dysfunctional, nonsensical, joyous hellscape of a franchise superhero movie-making. If and when they finally make the day, the question they must face, is this Hollywood's new dawn or cinema's last stand? Is this a dream factory or a chemical plant? That sounds, that's oddly sounds like it's aimed at me and my cynicism about Marvel right there. <laughs> yes, and so I'm getting like, uh, have you ever seen The Thick of It? I have not. Right, so Thick of It is one of Iannucci's shows. It's it's essentially the, the precursor to Veep, except it's like, you know, in the, in the British system. And it's very much this cynical behind the scenes look at, okay, well, the politicians are, they're all, they're all just morons, really. Uh, this is all, you know, everyone, there's all the, just this scrambling around trying to hit deadlines and just making stuff up. It sounds like taking that, but throwing it into superhero movie production. And, and uh, yeah, I'm there for it. I'm, int- I'm intrigued. I will say that. H- having not seen any of Ianucci's stuff, um, I have heard very good things about Veep. It's probably the one that I'll try at some point. Uh, but... Think of, think of it's only like... Like less, less than twenty episodes. Okay, okay. Uh, but yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I thought that one would tickle your fancy. Oh yeah. Here's something that really tickles my fancy. What now? We're on the dramas. Vince Gilligan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Barakel Saul is obviously ending. And Vince Gilligan's got his next thing kind of shaping up. He's, he's working on his next project. Um, and it's an original idea. It's not connected to, to Breaking Bad or anything like that. In fact, these headlines are, are kind of saying that it's going to be a bit closer to what he did with X-Files. 
Although, I'll read the exact thing here just to make this so there's no mince words here. Um, so, word is the new show harkens back to Gilligan's tenure on the X-Files, but don't expect a sci-fi drama. When he was a writer, producer on the X-Files, Gilligan was known for focusing more on the human condition in his episodes, which is something he is said to also be doing in this new series, exploring similar themes of bending reality while holding a mirror to humanity. I mean, that still sounds like a sci-fi drama, but I get what they're saying. It's not a creature of the week or I'm, I'm something getting, like that. I mean, almost like Black Mirror saw vibes. Yeah. Uh, described as a blended, grounded genre drama. That genre being sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. I still think it's weird that they say it's not a sci-fi, but it, it does sound like it still is a sci-fi show. It's just, they're just making it's it... soft sci-fi. It's not, they're trying to make it clear it's not the X-Files, I guess, because they just said he's going back to what he did in the X-Files. But, but it's not X-Files. It's, it's not aliens, though. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's, 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 it's not aliens. It's not. It's not crazy sci-fi. Yeah. Believable sci-fi. Yeah. So it also says the new series is also being compared to the Twilight Zone, which I don't know if that actually means it's going to be an anthology, but maybe just more like you said with Black Mirror, kind of the the tone and the messaging that it often has in its episodes. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Black Mirror is pretty bleak in its messaging, more yeah. so than, than Twilight Zone. Can, uh, not another Twilight Zone ne- never is bleak, but you know, uh, that could bounce off. around to to whatever yeah. it felt like. Uh, it is said to be set in our world while putting a tweak on it, focusing on people and exploring the human condition in an unexpected, surprising way. So obviously the cards have been kept close to the chest here, but it's it's using a few buzzwords to get you intrigued. Uh, so, yeah, I'm expecting relatively grounded sci-fi that lets him do yeah. whatever he wants to <laughs> with this. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's been following our better console reviews knows that the character drama is by far our favorite yes part of the show. absolutely yes uh, so taking that and applying to you know quote unquote the human condition to extrapolate out from that definitely plays to what i think of as gilligan's strengths yeah the last little thing it says here is thought-provoking but not a morality tale the new show is expected to carry the signature gilligan tone that infuses drama with humor so okay so still a vince gilligan show uh shocking i mean vince, I, vince gilligan making a show that, that that feels like a vince gilligan show obviously Breaking news. obviously this is a, a must do yeah, uh, yeah obviously like it just you know vince gilligan you know uh it's vince gilligan and um what's his face for mr robot sam esmail those get carte blanche whatever they put out it's like i'll watch it yeah Oh, and David Lynch, I suppose, at this point as well. But uh, he's not doing a lot. Often to see about TV these days. But if he ever does put a season of any TV out, I'm like, like it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely happening. Uh, so, no exciting stuff. Obviously, this would be at least a year away. If I had to, I would say it's more likely to be 2024 before we actually see it. But yeah, it's it's gonna be late 23 to mid 24, uh, realistically. Yeah, but uh, exciting stuff all the same. Yeah, uh, and that's it. Was there a, a network for this, like a home? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, I'll just have a quick scan and see if I missed anything, but I, I don't think so. I mean, sometimes I just forget. Obviously, by the end of the article, I, I forget. Uh, well, it's, it, no, it comes from Sony Pictures TV, but no home. So it's just the production. Okay. Uh, there's no network or anything attached. Definitely but a good while away yet, then. I suspect that they will be jumping at the chance to get their hands on the new Gilligan show. Yes. There, there will be a bidding war. Absolutely. And understandably so, because who wouldn't want to be able to market it as, hey, 
this is the man's follow-up to the to the Breaking Bad world. Combine that with the marketing of you know we're, we're talking about you know Black Mirror, Twilight Zone, or, you know those things that people enjoy. Sounds easily marketable for anyone, really. Oh yeah, this, this could be this it could be Netflix, although I hope not because they cancel everything. Um, but it, it could be Apple, it could be HBO, it could just be AMC again. I'm sure they'd love to keep doing stuff with them. It could be FX. It could it could be any of them, really. And anywhere, basic cable and up. <clears throat> this yeah. this this fits fine. Yeah. Uh, and I would just hope for not Netflix because they have a tendency to cancel things, uh, and just because their video quality is kind of worse than everyone else's. So just on a, on a just a raw technical sense, I'd rather it be somewhere else. But uh, but hey, uh, cool. All right, next up, uh, Tatiana Maslany, who of course is about to be in She-Hulk, so obviously getting some big work. Uh, known mainly for Orphan Black, uh, is going to star and executive produce in an upcoming series. Uh, called Invitation to a Bonfire, based on the novel by Adrian Kelt of the same name. Uh, so this is for AMC Networks specifically, which I think means that it's not necessarily nailed down which of their networks it will be on, because they technically have a couple of smaller ones, but given that it's her, it's probably going to just be AMC or, or Plus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, uh, and that's where Orphan Black aired. But obviously that was like a co-production with BBC America or something like that, if I remember right. Uh, so, yeah, she's going to portray the character of Vera Orlov, who is more than Leo's wife. She is his editor and has everything. Vera is inspired by Vera uh, Nab- Nabokov. Yeah, so... Uh, Invitation to a Bonfire is a psychological thriller set in the 1930s at an all-girls boarding school in New Jersey. Inspired by Vladimir and Vera Nobikov's codependent marriage, the series follows Zoya, uh, a young Russian immigrant and groundskeeper who is drawn into a lethal love triangle with the school's newest faculty member, an enigmatic novelist, Leo, uh, and his bewitching wife, uh, played by Maslany. So, This sounds extremely trashy. It doesn't sound like my sort of thing, I have to admit. No. Uh, like, it says psychological thriller. But it sounds very trashy, which it isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like you know, I mean, it, it could sound trashy on paper, but it could also like what once you actually see it, if this is treated with the right touch, it, it could actually be a very well done series. But yeah. it's just or, a- or maybe the book is actually just really trashy, and that's okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. So I don't think it actually says here limited series. No, no. Actually, it's even more specific. It says uh. Six episode first season, so it's not a limited oh. series. Uh, I was going to maybe jump and assume that it was before I saw that because it's a book, and you know, often that just means you adapt the book and you're done. But obviously, that's not always the case. Handmaid's Tales went way past the first book, uh, so <sighs> if only they hadn't. Interesting stuff. What's interesting is I actually saw the Handmaid's Tale movie a couple of weeks ago. Ah, uh, how was it? It was really weird, actually, like having because. See, season one of the show is better. Because season one of Handmaid's Tale, which adapts the book, is fantastic. And it's really yeah. interesting to watch them condense that entire season into a two-hour movie. Um, and how certain characters come off as, like, less serious or more serious. And uh, But a lot of that... Uh, but it is the same story. There's a lot of the same things and beats and stuff you recognize. Yeah. Did uh, you do a review on it or did you just watch it? No review, no. I just watched it. It was, it was something I did on stream. Uh, I'll probably talk about it on a... 
uh, Meltdown, which is uh, a new Patreon exclusive show that me and Tara do. We talk about what movies we've been watching the last month, which is coming next week to Patreon. But uh, I, I did happen to see earlier, you made Tara watch God Told Me To. And I almost want to watch that review just to see how, how, how wild she thought it was. Because, oh boy, that movie. Well, what's funny you say that is that's not a new review. That's just a port of an old one from the oh, TV okay. channel. Uh, so that was a while ago. But what's interesting about that is the reason why we did that when we did it is because it popped up on Criterion's channel and she mentioned it to me and I got excited. I was like, oh, you, yes, God told me to. God told me to. Yes. And we effectively built like a 70s month out of it. <laughs> it's like, we'll do, we'll do 70s movies. We'll do God, God told me to. I, I get excited. Anytime someone was like, oh, what's this movie? Like, go, go watch it. Go watch it. Go. It's so exciting. Just, just want to see people's reaction to it. Uh, she, she responded positively. <laughs> So I'll say. <laughs> as you should positively but but baffled she's actually a, a very big fan because she watches a lot of like riff tracks and mystery science theater movies she's a very big fan of an actor who pops up in a very prominent role later on in the movie <laughs> and it was it made it even funnier it made who this character was even funnier i suspect i know who you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to spoil anything it's no just... <laughs> no I, I wouldn't want to spoil that anything about that movie for anyone except you should watch it people it's wild it takes some left turns and it commits every single time to its new direction. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Uh, but yeah, that was a nice natural plug uh, for the ace out of the way. <laughs> so for our male fuzz movies, you can go check that out. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's Invitation to a Bonfire uh, is the Tatiana Mazzolani show. Uh, next up, Apple TV Plus is doing a crime series. Um, it's not quite ordered it yet, but it's nearing a series order for Sinking Spring, starring Brian Tyree Henry, who's known for Atlanta. Um, I've seen him on at least a couple of movies by this point. I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what they were, but I, you know, I've seen him in some things. Um, but it's going to be written by Peter Craig, who is fresh from uh, Top Gun Maverick. You got a story by credit on that. <laughs> so he, he's probably feeling quite... I don't know how much of a residual he gets from it. Probably not I believe, any. I believe but... that comes to home video at the end of this month, and I'm looking ah. forward to watching it because... It looks fun. It's got a lot of buzz. I, I am also curious to watch it. And I say that as someone who thought the, the first movie was fine. And I'm someone who likes a lot of Tony Scott movies. And I, 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 re I rewatched it recently and yeah. I had a blast with it. Like, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily like a great movie, but it looks great visually, obviously. Yeah. I, 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 see, he did another movie with Tony Scott called Days of Thunder a couple of years later, which is basically the same story, but with race cars instead of planes. And I actually think it's slightly better. <laughs> I had more fun with it. Uh, I picked it up on on uh, on Apple recently when it was on sale. Because so. Val Kilmer's replaced by Michael Rooker, and I don't know who did the score for Top Gun, and I'm not saying the score on Top Gun's bad, but Hans Zimmer does the score in Days of Thunder. The Top Gun, obviously, the score is overshadowed by the source music. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all the, the songs, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but aye, so... Um, yeah, okay, that's a weird, weird time to go on. Uh, so, oh, and this dude also co-wrote the Batman. He's having a lot of success this year. Look at the, the Peter Craig's having the having the year of his life. Yeah, <laughs> rolling in it. Two, two of the, the most well-received movies of the year, and now he's and, got a new show coming. And, and from wrong, two of the most profitable movies of the year yeah. as well in terms of book office. He's, oh, <laughs> those residuals must be stacking up nicely. Yeah, this is his first TV uh, outing. Uh, and Ridley Scott is directing. Uh, okay. 
That, that's, the, that's the sort of cred you get from doing the success like that. You get Ridley Scott to direct your, your show. Uh, yep. So, yeah. Um, which is obviously, not, I mean, Ridley Scott did Raised by Wolves, which uh, did get cancelled after a couple of seasons. He didn't do the whole thing, obviously. He did the first, like, three episodes or something. But, Standard uh, TV. Yeah. But he's uh, at least doing the first few of this, uh, you would presume. So it's based on the book by Dennis Tafoya, and it's called uh, Dope Thief... Just Dope Thief, sorry. I, I almost... I thought it was coal on there, Sinking Spring, but it's not. It's just separation. Uh, Sinking Spring follows longtime Philly friends and delinquents who pose as DEA agents to rob an unknown house in the countryside, only to have their small-time grift become a life-and-death enterprise as they unwittingly reveal and unravel the biggest hidden narcotics corridor on the eastern seaboard. Do you know what's so funny about this? Is that this topic in general isn't something I'm inherently interested about unless it's got, you know, prestige, like, level quality thrown at it. But bizarrely, I actually do like the sound of them, like, doing this, like, small-time robbery. Cause, and they're, they're, and, and guys are posing as DEAs, obviously, it gives you a sort of sense that they're, they're maybe yeah, a bit they're playful. Dead. Yeah, they're a bit out of death, a bit playful. And they end up uncovering this larger thing that gets them into a lot of trouble with a lot of bad people. I can see this being entertaining, um, or potentially very tense. There was a movie, probably about 10 years ago now, uh, Brad Pitt was in it, and it was about these these two idiots that robbed like a, it was like a poker game with like a bunch of mob bosses or something like that, in like the back of this, you know, place. And these, you know, two or three guys, Scott McNeary was one of the, the guys who robbed it, uh, but he, like, they go in and they rob the, all these dangerous people, and, it, and then the rest of the movie is like Brad Pitt hunting them down. <laughs> on behalf of these people and it was a very stylistic movie that i, I enjoyed in the theater I, I don't know if it uh but necessarily hold up but i remember it being well directed at the time um and it's giving me sort of vibes of that but maybe a bit more light-hearted because maybe they're it's, more goofy it's interesting because this like crime drama is not what i would necessarily associate ridley scott with uh, that's also true yeah maybe Which, he's, it, like, it isn't different. necessarily a bad thing maybe you know maybe he you know flexing some of those muscles because obviously he has his ups and downs when he's on fire, he, he's a damn good director still. Oh, when, he, when you give him a good script, he will go off and make gold. Like, he knows how yeah. to shoot a movie. There's no denying that. He's, but he's, he doesn't always have a good script. Uh, and when he doesn't, you get, like, Alien Covenant. You get... Uh, I didn't see that one, but I'll take your word for it. I saw that in the cinema. Oh, in my defense, I, I had free tickets. You're so. su- such a mark. I, I had a free ticket. They went, do you want to go? Yeah, I, I was in uni. Though, oh. do you want to go tonight? It's free. I went sure. Why not? Also, it casually mentions here that uh, Peter Craig is working with Ridley Scott as well on another project, not a TV project, but he's currently working with him on Gladiator Two. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to be working on everything in the next five years. Apparently, it almost feels like he, like Scott's doing this as like a nice little favor. He's like, oh, you, you write my big next movie for me, and I'll come in and do your pilot. Uh, for your TV show, as a as a thank you, it, it almost is like, hey, yeah. you know, I'll I'll come in line here. I'll, I'll give give you a little little boost essentially, because obviously this show could be successful without Ridley Scott. Yeah, it probably would be, assuming the quality of the scripts there, and they got some other reasonable, solid TV directors, which is what they'll probably do for the rest of the show anyway. But you you can throw Ridley Scott's name on it and mark it in, and suddenly you've got a big boost. Right, you just that's that's the reality of it. It, it makes it more attractive for, for, for marketing and people will watch it because of his name. Yeah. 
And then you add in Brian Tyree Henry, who I do think fits the maybe slightly out of his depth. Assuming he's playing one of the, the leads who is going to... Which is a reasonable assumption. Yeah, yeah, given that I assume they're the main characters and he's been announced with the with the announcement. Mm-hmm. So, uh, honestly, I think there might be something here. There, there, there might be something here that I quite like, even though the, the subject isn't necessarily something I usually gravitate towards. There's just a right concoction of elements there that I can see some potential. I agree, and I think you said this was on Apple, and that, yeah. that, that, that this, this seems like a perfectly you know reasonable thing for Apple to have on their service. That kind of fits. Yeah, prestige, kind of crime. Like sort of thriller, I guess, yeah. if you want to call it that. Uh, maybe with a, I, I, I don't know if there'll be humor there. There might be a bit of humor because they're out of their depth, or it may treat it like no, there's this is scary for them now because they've stumbled into how. I, I dangerous suspect this more is. the latter. Um, at least once they realize what's yeah. going on. Uh, but yeah, I, I can see this on Apple. Yeah. Okay. There you go. That is a, a sinking spring. Uh, yeah, it's a better title than Dope Thief, I think. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that is that. Uh, next up, uh, Cachette Studios, who I've never heard of, uh, but they've acquired the TV rights to adapt Caitlin Monroe Howe's debut novel, The Awoken, uh, which is publishing this week. I mean, sometimes that's not even that exciting because sometimes it's like not publishing for another year. But <laughs> but hey, you can probably go and pick this book up right now by the time you're listening to this. Probably. Uh, so. The US studio arm of Israel's Keshet International, so that does, does what the company That's why we've not heard of it, yeah. Uh, are going to turn the book, uh, which Insecure star Isa Ray is called Phenomenal. That's a really weird name drop. That's just like the blurb you put on the back of the book. You put Phenomenal, <laughs> like dash. Yeah. Isa Ray. Anyway, so... Yes, uh, The Awoken is billed as a high-stakes, adrenaline-fueled romantic story about a chilling, all-too-plausible future in which a woman with terminal cancer undergoes cryogenic preservation as her only hope for a second chance, leaving behind the love of her life. When she wakes up a century later, she discovers a world where her very life is now a crime. Sure, that actually turned into an interesting sci-fi by the end of that description. It, it did, because uh, while you were looking at you know, reading that, I was, I was kind of looking it up on, on Amazon, just like, oh, hey, I like new books. And obviously they've got like a slightly longer blurb yeah. on there and and parts of it made me go oh this sounds really just generic like oh it's a gripping action-packed story full of plot twists and high emotion that, like, yeah yeah that sentence but, makes me sleep because it just, just but, buff, buff, buff. but then it, it talks about how okay she's woke up you know scientists have discovered how to bring back the dead from preservation but there's you know a philosophical battle over it and those are res- resurrected which who are called the awoken have been declared illegal and are to be shot on sight so she's like a fugitive in this world. Yeah, so she's like instantly in danger constantly. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sounds like... That actually again, could be a good show. <laughs> quality of the writing and the, the rest of the plot and direction all it, yeah. obviously imply that, but on premise alone, that's not bad. It, it could also be... like I could see it being like a really cheap... I mean, obviously it's not on this network, but like it could be like a really cheesy like NBC or ABC show as well. Yes. Yeah. Like, it, could. I, it, it could really be either of those extremes. So, inter- interesting stuff, though. Uh, yeah. That is The Awoken. So, hmm. a strong premise, actually. Uh, all right, next up, uh, Netflix is developing Stronger, which is their listing as a working title, which probably for the better, because it's a little bit generic. simple and generic, yeah. Uh, it's a female empowerment bodybuilding drama series starring and executive produced by Insecure standout Yvonne Orji. Fun. Orji. Is 
O-R-G-I. It's probably a hard G. Orgy. Oh, sorry, that's well, a I mean, G. I, I... G. G, not G, sorry. Uh, oh. O-R-G... So, O-R-G-I. I can't say it. For some reason, every time I try to say the spelling, I say the wrong thing. O-R-G-I. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just no orgy? Yeah. I try to give her the benefit of the doubt and try and skew it away from the, the, the word that obviously everyone means something else with, but okay. Yeah, you've got an orgy. Uh, yeah. That's a tough. That's a tough upbringing in school. I'm not going to lie. With, with yeah, any more, that's a rough one. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's been no official comment, but Stronger is believed to follow Tony Winslow, played by Orgy, uh, a single mom who feels unseen and unimportant. She becomes obsessed with bodybuilding as she explores the surprisingly tenuous line separating self empowerment from self destruction, and will undergo not only physical transformation but also an emotional one. Shocking. She has a character arc. Pretty much. Uh, I love how it's like there's no official word, but here's what the premise is. I'm like, here's the show. Yeah. How, yeah. Well, how did you get this from? Then? And, and that was <laughs> look, it like written like a logline for a TV show, not just ah, yeah. oh, he, he, you know, here's a vague idea. That that was PR speak. Oddly specific. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm oddly. I'm not actually trying to add more drinking rules to you, and I'm not saying you should do it for this one, but I do almost wonder if uh, physical and emotional, in the same line of uh, professional has, and personal, has a... Uh, have we ever had that before? I don't, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it sounds... It feels familiar, but maybe it's just because it's so similar to the bullshit that I've just... It's, it's clicking with me. Yeah. Like, it uh, didn't technically break any of the rules that we've established, but that still felt super PR fluff. It it did it, it had that feeling like yeah. even that there you know physical and emotional was like right okay so she has a character arc yeah but that's what you told me there but in fluff so uh, it, it definitely had that feel to the way it was written which is why yeah that was clearly given to them by someone at Netflix yeah so not feeling it myself but I mean no who's to say once it's actually all together. Uh, Apple TV Plus has ordered a series a six episode uh, series as dramedy called Land of Women, inspired by Sandra Bernada's best-selling novel uh, from executive producer and star Eva Longoria. So, okay. okay. Uh, created and written by Ramon Compos, who's worked on Grand Hotel and Velvet. Is Grand, I think Grand Hotel, and I, I assume that's maybe Grand Hotel and they've just left off the D. Because <laughs> I feel like there was a show called Grand Hotel that uh, Longoria was involved with, which is maybe why I'm assuming that it's that. I don't remember it, but I'm sure I'm sure she was involved in a show called Grand Hotel, which is why I'm thinking they've just typoed the name. But I mean, if I'm right, you know, if there's another show called Grand Hotel somewhere, then that's fair enough. Uh, but... There was, yeah, yes, it was one season, and she was the lead character. There you go. So I assume that's just what it's meant to be. Uh, but and also along with Gemma Art and Nira from now and then, and Velvet as well. Uh, Land of the Women tells the story of Gala, played by Longoria, a New York empty nester forced to flee her home after her husband implicates the family in financial improperties. No, improprieties, sorry. I didn't think about that. <laughs> it's, been, you know it is? it's because there's like two sections in the... I mean, first of all, it's not a word that comes up often. And no, secondly, sometimes, sometimes I'd swear you're the one that's sat here drinking, not me. <laughs> but it's also... Because like, it's, it's like it repeats in the middle, because there's very... You know, it's, it's got the pr part twice. So my eyes just gloss over the second one and just go for it. Just go for the ending. 
Yeah, anyway. We need reading comprehension lessons. Join her on her journey are her aging mother, Julia, and her college-aged daughter. Uh, ah, so it's, a, so it's a three generation story, is what you're a, saying. They're, they're not pointing it out, but yes, it's a three generation story. Yeah. Multi generational story. Journey. Experience. Yes. What a surprise. Definitely never have one, any of those, do we? Ah. Uh, yes. Uh, Carmen Mara is going to play the uh, the grandmother character as well. Just throw that in there. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, there's actually even more. Oh, there's a thing part of this. The three women escape the criminals her now vanished husband has indebted to by moving to the same charming wine town in northern Spain that Gala's mother fled to 50 years ago. <laughs> John, <laughs> I was thinking the three generations. Was that a rule? I wasn't sure. And then, and then it was like, no, no, I think it was the hometown. And yeah, moving hometown. in with the parents yeah. was uh, the thing. And then they threw it in. Vowing to never return, yeah. Starting over with new identities proves complicated while living in a small town where secrets tend to unravel quite easily. So. <laughs> I can't believe we got... I just noticed there was a second half to that and it had the uh, going to the hometown thing. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I love these shade descriptions. And I'm not saying you need to drink for this, but I would also argue that it kind of implies the vowing to never secrets, return and then yeah. secrets. It kind of sounds like, you know, the personal secret thing as well. Yeah, yeah, but it, you see, it was vague about the secrets and who they belonged to, which is yeah, why they, I didn't... They, no, they, that's true, that's true. But but I, I do agree, it was definitely it's touching on it. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah it was close. Uh, all right, next up, IDW, uh, Entertainment, which we know that likes to develop things, even though they had some shaky stuff with Winona Earp, where it kind of like they had to like delay a season and then like because the money was like drying up and stuff. But they've got five shows in development with various places. Well, one of them's got to be worth watching. <laughs> Maybe. So the first one is called Dark Spaces Wildfire, uh, and this is at Universal Cable Productions. It's a thriller series written by Scott Snyder. Obviously not a show, the, the comic that's based on it. Just, just <laughs> that clear. I mean, you, you never know. Uh, uh, with art by hate, because these, I mean, I'm pretty sure these are all based in comics. Uh, as a, you know, obviously. I, I mean... That uh, would stand to reason with yeah. IDW being a yeah. comics publisher. Do you know what? I should say that because not everyone listening to this is necessarily into comics and knows that. So I, sh I should have probably prefaced that. But yeah, these are all yeah. going to be based on comics. Uh, so Dark Spaces Wildfire is written by Scott Snyder, uh, who, you know, I mean, we know who who he is, but you know, Batman, American Vampire, uh, yeah. bunch of stuff. And who'd you say was on that? Uh, art by Hayden Sherman. I was going to say, I respect, I, I'm going to say, you know, whatever start your readings from deadline mm -hmm. for including the eyes but I, I assume that's more just come from idw giving them the press release Poss and possibly yeah. uh but uh he worked on the few and wasted space which i've never heard of but you know fair enough there is uh, it follows a group of female inmate firefighters deep on the smoldering california hills where their desperate heist of a burning mansion will lead them to the score of a lifetime or a deadly trap. This is interesting. Anyway, is this is this like a fire they've started intentionally, or is it like they've just like seen an opportunity because this mansion's burning? Oh, we can steal stuff from this mansion while it's in fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know, but it's a very finite sounding premise for a TV show. That, yeah, that doesn't explicitly say limited series. Assuming but... it leads to like you know like the rich people are evil and come after them or. You know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. I say it does mention it's the uh the smoldering California hills. So maybe it's the idea that there's a forest fire going towards like certain places. Like, oh wait a minute, 
this is going to when, go here. You yeah, know, and they be. can yeah. So maybe they've got a little bit of time to plan the little plan, heist. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting premise. I mean, I like Scott Snyder as a comic book writer, typically, but uh, yeah, uh, so that's cool. Next one up is the Delicacy, which is at Warren Brothers TV, um, which I've not really heard referred to like that in a long time. So I, I don't know, like if yes, that, ten is the umbrella production company yeah still? i guess I, because we, i feel like we hear universal kill productions a lot to mean shows that are getting made that will go to typically either sci-fi or uh, usa or whatever but yeah. i feel like obviously wtv like yeah probably a lot of their shows go to hbo or go to uh whatever it's else they, they can cw they do currently but I <laughs> probably Maybe, yeah probably not for the foreseeable future yeah uh, so, anyway, Delicacy is a graphic novel from James Albin, uh, who did A Shining Beacon. There's no artist listed, so I assume he probably just did both, writing and art. Uh, it's about a rare and delicious fungi that spell trouble for an ambitious restauranteur. Uh, Tulip and his brother Rowan have left the simple comforts of the remote Scottish island. Hey! Cheers, Scotland. Uh, some. Uh, and with a plan to grow succulent organic vegetables on an idyllic market garden and to open a restaurant serving these wholesome culinary delights in the busy sprawl of London. The world of fine dining seems impossibly competitive until they discover a delirious, delir deliriously scrumptious new species of mushroom. It's a bit it vague sounds... as to where it's going, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into it, though. Like, it sounds just quirky enough to be interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume these mushrooms have some sort of weird new effect, you know? As, as, you know, as opposed to just being like, a, you know, shrooms. Like, yeah. it, it's something weird and wacky that'll make the Probably. restaurant kind of odd or something. But yeah. Uh, this next one's got a very short uh, description. But uh, Rivers, which is directly tied to HBO Max, is created by Dan Berry and David Gaffney doesn't necessarily list anything from a comic book, so maybe this one isn't based on a comic book, is about three ordinary weirdos and one recurring dream. That's it. <laughs> it's a good sentence, though, if, you do, if you're doing if it you, in one sentence. Yeah, if you're only doing one, it is at least a little intriguing, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I am interested in hearing more about that one, so I'll give them credit. Uh, next up is Ballad for Sophie, which is Universal International Studios as opposed to Universal Cable Productions. So, uh, but this is by Portuguese musician uh, Philippe Milo and artist Juan Cavilla. Uh, maybe butchered those names a little bit, so apologies if I did. Uh, maybe the reason why this is international studios is because it's going to be an international production. Uh, is a sweeping tale about what happens when a young journalist prompts a reclusive musical superstar to finally break his silence. Okay. Vague, but maybe interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the fifth one is Brutal Nature, uh, which is Anima Studios, uh, created by Luciano Saracino, or maybe Saracino, perhaps, or maybe even Saracino, depending. <laughs> I'd, I'd have gone with the first one that you, you said as well, so. Yeah, uh, and Ariel Oliveta uh, is about a collection of masks that transforms a young man into uh, innumerable beasts and monsters. Uh, using this power, he embarks on a battle that pits the indigenous Mayan people against the encroaching Spanish Empire. But can one man hope to beat back the massive forces of the conquering Spaniards? 
Okay, so it's it's a period piece with with powers you know this person has. Yeah, uh, either animal animal man or maybe more beast boy if he's actually transforming. I think closer to beast boy is yeah. what I got the sound of that. But I, it sounded more like they split into multiple animals at the same time, almost. I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I got. I mean, maybe maybe that is what it means. I I just I just thought it meant he could turn into different ones. Uh, it could well be, yeah. Rather than you can turn into a lot at the same time. But there you go. So that's five shows in the works. And it's, you know, like how many of these see the light of day and actually make it to show is up for debate. You know, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I um, think it's reasonable to assume one of them probably will. To, to be fair to them, I don't think any of them just sounded bad. I think they all they all had their own little spin in some way. Even, even if yeah. I don't necessarily I, I'm appealed to all of them. I don't think any of them just sounded like generic PR speak that didn't have anything. No, they all had unique premises. Even the ones that were only like a sentence, it was, it was something that give you a, a tone, a feeling, you know, just something yeah. to set it apart from, you know, the fluff that we often get. And that takes us on to our final story, which is a series order at ABC. ABC has picked up a pilot for Will Trent, which is a working title. Uh, this is for a mid-season launch, uh, coming early next year, obviously. Uh, so it was an early front runner at ABC for the what they what they're calling the second cycle, which is the mid-season, you know, potential yeah. new shows. Uh, and it feels like more than ever, like there's a lot of shows that start that in that time frame and just get you know the the thirteen episodes or whatever, rather than doing I the longer. I think that's it's not seen as this taboo kind of oh that's a bad show if it doesn't yeah. get that back nine anymore that well, was you know which traditional. is so weird because so many good shows even in the 90s started mid-season with a shorter season you know the hit television show buffy the vampire slayer started mid-season and went yeah. on to be a great success i mean it went on to be a hit television show you may say <laughs> one might say that yes <laughs> uh so yeah uh this is here interestingly there was a small hiccup in the final stretch of its sort of like run up to like being ordered, uh, which the the writer here is saying heard was over the nature of storytelling, but the pilot remained on track for pickup. It's a bit vague. I don't know what that nature of storytelling. That sounds potentially interesting. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Anyway, based on Kareen Slaughter's best-selling Will Trent series. The series stars uh, Rodriguez. Just every time it says that, I just want to say, "Will Trent what?" <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very good. Uh, yeah, Ramon Rodriguez is the star uh, as Will Trent, uh, and yes, uh, I lost my place there because you made me scroll up. All right, here we go. I'm sorry. It's uh, Special Agent Will Trent of the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, the GBI. <laughs> The GBI. Ooh, everyone's got to have a BI these days. I, I love how it's just one letter up, though, from, from FBI. Yeah. Oh, it was a typo on the keyboard. <laughs> uh, do we have other states that we can get the whole alphabet out of? No. CBI is California. There you go. That's one. A is Arizona. Oh, there you go. There you go. B. Uh... I don't know enough of the states off the top of my head. Baltimore's a city, right? That's not a state. Yeah, I did the same yeah. with Buffalo. Uh, I don't know if there is a B state. B -b -b Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, we, we don't have all 50 states memorized. No, I've top of my head, I'm afraid, no. Anyway, 
So, yes, he's a special agent who was abandoned at birth and endured the harsh coming of age in Atlanta's overwhelmed foster care system, but now determined to use his unique point of view to make sure no one is abandoned like he was. Will Trent has the highest clearance rate in the GBI. <laughs> oh, this sounds so generic. <laughs> I like how they made him sound like Batman. I, yeah. no one else has to go through what I went through I just they didn't fall into any of the, the traps that we you know that we've come to expect but it like it gave us GBI which is just a, a unique bit of gold uh, it, it, it sounds like a disease <laughs> just throwing that out there I'm sorry Georgians you know you <laughs> What do you want me to say? Yeah. Oh dear. Alright. Um, well, there you go. That's this week's TV news. Hopefully you enjoyed that, folks. Uh, and uh, yeah, There were some good shows earlier, at least. There was, there was yeah. New Vince Gilligan stuff on the way, so that's always exciting. New Iannucci one. Yeah, yeah. There's good stuff coming. Uh, so, let us know what you thought of uh, those stories in the in the, the comments uh, down below. Uh, and of course, like I said earlier, you know, support the show by liking, subscribing, ding the bell for notifications. Uh, you can obviously support us financially with the super thanks button or more permanently over at patreon.com slash TV and get some bonuses uh, for your trouble. But uh, including this uh, show most weeks a day early. Uh, this goes up on Saturdays for patrons if we get the chance to record it by then. Uh, which since we started doing that, there's only been one week that we didn't do it where we had to record so, on the Saturday and it went out just on Sunday for everyone. But most weeks it goes up the day early for patrons. Uh, but we figure if we can't record till Saturday that the patrons would rather we still they still get an episode for the week rather than we not do one just because we can't have it up early on Patreon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it it is most weeks that that we yeah. get here and and I, I think as well just just you know. We've actually been getting these out most weeks. That's pretty good of us. We have. I think we've only missed one week since we came back to TV News. That's been months, right? Uh, I think. Time has no meaning anymore. I think this is episode 16 of... Uh... That's months. I agree, like, yes. Like I'm, four of them. I'm, I'm giving you, like, concrete, you know, data. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 17, 16 or 17, it's about there. It's uh, still give or take four months. But yeah, so... There you go. Uh, that is the that is the show. That is almost cancelled TV news podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it and enjoyed the laughs along the way. Um, and Carl's about to wow everyone with his last minute joke. Uh, but thank you once again for you, all you just today. said that. I was like <laughs> the the real friends of the jokes we had along the way. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed the show. Uh, keep watching TV. Have you got Eddie Vanilla? Nah, you you just had it. I, I wasted it before. <laughs>